What is up, everybody? Dark Horse Live, episode 90 motherfucking nine. One away from the big hundy. All right, welcome to the program. Thank you, Flamulated Owl, for the subage. All right, welcome to the program. Tonight on the show, we have uh, Area 420. Mike and Matt stopped by for an interview, which is pretty cool little program they have going on out in the middle of nowhere. They've built a mega city and uh, are taking it over. But uh, before we get to that, I have an announcement. I just made a post on my Instagram, but let me bring this up. Bang and bang. Okay, so this backpack, which I'm holding here, which has dog hair on it. I will send it with no dog hair. Um, this backpack here is going to be cram-packed full of seeds, like over $1,500 worth of seeds, plus more. I'm going to read to you real quick what's in the backpack. Uh, Bruce Banner 3 S1 Fems, Bruce Banner 3 Auto Fem, Bruce Banner F2 Regs, Gamma Berry, Solomon Grundy, which you can't buy anywhere, King's Banner F2, Savage Hulk F2, The Undertaker, The Pedigree, Lethal Protector, Bruce Buffer, Thanos F2, Symbiote, Stockton Slap, Symbiote, Symbiote Lazar 115, and Garbage Disposal, which is um, donated by 1TH Caesar to the backpack. So what we're doing is we're raffling this backpack off. Actually, twice. We have two of them, and I'm going to do this two times. So everybody who's on premium, which is right over there. I can't figure this out. There you go. Over there. That's premium. Premium, folks, you can... Uh, here's the deal with premium. I'm going to send everybody who gets a raffle ticket on premium gets a free pack of beans. Six, six pack of seeds, dark horse seeds. We choose the pack, but if you never win shit, you never win raffles, you're like, fuck that, I never win any of that shit. Well, if you are in premium and you get a raffle ticket, you're a winner because you're going to get a free six-pack no matter what. And it's only 25 bones. We don't even sell our packs that cheap. So, yeah, you want the cheapest dark, ho dark horse pack of all time, get a raffle ticket, and you might end up with a whole bunch of free shit. Plus, I'm giving out stickers, T-shirts in the backpacks. Uh, the T-shirts are going to be the Hype Beast T-shirt that I haven't released yet to anybody, so you'll be the first one to get it. And uh, if you're not a premium member... You should be premium, but if you're not, that's cool. Right here is the regular general folk auction or um, raffle. And same deal, same, same contents, except you don't get your free pack with your raffle. So good luck on the raffle. We're going to do the raffle July 4th at 4.20 p.m. Mountain Time right here on Dark Horse's YouTube channel. Probably all our channels, Twitch, IG, everything. But we'll do the raffle live so you can watch. You have till when's Monday? You have till Monday. Monday's 4th of July. That's why I say Monday till 4.20 to get your raffle tickets scooped up. And like I said, if you're on premium, you get a free pack anyway for scooping a raffle ticket. So best of luck, everybody. It's a pretty sweet raffle deal we put together. I hope you win. All right. Let's go real fast some housekeeping. Fatboy ROIE 900 introducing Grower's Choice, newest light. Uh, this is like a 1,000-watt converter um, equivalent for the LED. It's wider light, big, big boy. For commercial facilities or people that need like big ass wide trays, custom trays. Oh, wide, not white. Yeah, wide. It does put out a white light. Like a, but uh, check out Grower's Choice. They have a brand new light, a sponsor of this program. We appreciate them. I'll keep it short and sweet. Uh, Grower's Choice lights have been kicking ass for us. I was skeptical to switch to LED, but um, our whole facility is now completely changed over to LED, both warehouses, and uh, I'm I have no complaints. Caesar, you've been growing. I'll bring you in. You've been growing. Uh, um, with the breeding project in warehouse number two, what do you think of the lights so far? You're basically finishing up. What do you think of the lights? Being that I only have a reference point to T5s, they definitely do much better than T5s. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes, <laughs> this is true. But I have grown with all types of lights, and I've seen Caesar do this grow, and everything is working fantastic. I'm really a, a big fan. Lower lower power bill and with the LED and lower heat. Yeah, Not that's as much one AC. big thing, like dropping like a few degrees off of the room temperature definitely changes a lot of things. Uh, is there a limit on tickets? Folks are asking in the chat. You can buy as many raffle tickets as your heart desires. Buy um, $1,500 worth of tickets. Yeah, you can if you want. Um, there is no limit to the number of raffle tickets that we're going to do in the next four days. And uh, I'll keep sending you a free pack every time that you do one on premium. So if you order a bunch, you'll get a bunch of packs. That's sort of the way it works. Only if you're on premium. Only on premium. I understand premium. that. Yeah. Premium folks are only people that get free pack with a raffle ticket. All right, uh, let's go to free shit. It's free! I have nothing in front of me. <laughs> this, Reality Stone. Reality Stone, Dark Horse Genetics. 
Uh, free pack of seeds, 12 pack. This one happens to be Kim Jong-un to Skittles and Bitch Slap. It's a pack you're going to want for free. 12 seeds. How are they going to win it? You're going to have to write 4th of July raffle bonanza. 4th of July raffle bonanza. Spell bonanza right. Yeah. At uh, darkhorsegeneticslive at gmail.com. And in the subject line, Dark Horse, what did I say? Raffle Bonanza? Or 4th of, 4th of July Raffle Bonanza <laughs> is what I'm looking for. And what number is going to be the winner, Cease? Uh, let's see. You're going to say 99. Uh, no. Just cut to 99. All right, 99. There you go, 99. Episode 99, the 99th person will win. All right, real quick, last week's winners was... Last week's winner was Brad A, Marathon OG Auto from Dark Owl. That's coming to you, sir. Brad A, you sent me 9,000 emails. Generally, we don't reward such behavior, but you really wanted it. And, uh, yeah, you were the whatever number it was. I think it was 98. You were the 98th person, but uh, I'm going to reward bad behavior, Brad. You won. Please don't spam the email box, folks. You get one or two shots. You know, I'll give you a shot or two. He I th- fucked it up for everybody else in the future. So I think it. Brad A sent like 900 emails this time. So, Brad, you got it. But, uh, yeah, everybody in the future, only get one or two shots. Don't clog the email box up. But I'm still <laughs> going to give it to you, Brad. Good for you, Brad. All right, let's uh, move it along. Mm. Let's talk real fast. 100 episode. Next fucking week. Actually, I think we're going to take next week off, 4th of July week-ish. And we'll probably come back the week of 710. So I think the show's on like 77 something like that but it'll be the week of 710 will be the 100th episode of dark horse live i've already confirmed with growers choice there are going to be giving away lights there's going to be all kinds of game show spectacular probably shit tons of free seeds to be given away um talk to raw genetics they want to throw in some seeds as well there we go this one is one you're not going to want to miss i have a feeling folks i don't have it totally planned out yet but i already know and we're probably going to have, I don't want to call it interviews, but I'm going to get a few people to send in a few clip segments. Um, do me a favor. Leave me a comment in the chat, if you would, or in the comment section on YouTube, of what was your favorite moment of Dark Horse Live through 99 episodes first so far? I was thinking back on it the other day, and we've done kind of a lot of wild, crazy shit. Uh, some of the hoodoo stuff when we were doing spells for business success, going to the Stanley with Daz. Um Todd McCormick story was such a cool like episode that everything just was an organic. I didn't know all that information, so you guys were privy to me learning that. That wasn't as organic a conversation as you could have with somebody and just being stunned about what the fuck they what they learned. Um, some of my rants and raves, talking shit on fucking fake seeds. Um, I don't know. Let us know what you think your favorite of Dark Horse Live has been after a hundred and I'm sorry after ninety nine episodes. And uh, almost two years now. We're um, we're approaching two years, or is it three years? No, it's going on three. Yeah, we're approaching three years, which I cannot fucking believe. I've been doing this for three fucking years. But anyway, thanks everybody for watching. I appreciate it. And uh, this one's a pretty good one, I think, as well. So let's just get right to our interview. We have, like I said, Mike and Matt from um, Brainstrap Genetics, but Mike is kind of the man down there at Area 420. There is a really good documentary that I watched before I interviewed these guys that came out on YouTube that kind of explains Area 420 probably a little bit better than this interview will, but I put it in the link in the description on Twitch and YouTube. So right in the link in the description, right in the description, there's a link that you can click to check out that documentary. It's only like 30 minutes long, but I highly recommend you you watch it. It's a pretty cool documentary. But without, without further ado, Let's just go ahead and bring on the boys, uh, Area 420. All right, everybody, here we are with uh, Area 420 guys, uh, Mike and Matt. Uh, welcome to the program. Thanks for doing it, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate you. So um, as I typically do, I kind of just ask you guys, I mean, there's a whole lot to unpack here. We'll talk about Area 420 a lot, but I want to start with basically both of you guys individually. If you can give me a quick snippet of your early cannabis history, first time you tried cannabis, first introduction to cannabis, we always start there. So uh, it doesn't have to be a long-winded story, but give us your first introduction to some cannabis. Uh, for me, I started smoking cannabis when I was 13 years old on a snowboarding trip with some friends back in southern Indiana. Um, I've been smoking it probably ever since I took some time off, went into the military, into the Marines, did my thing, got out, jumped back into college, 
uh, finished with a degree and then moved out to Colorado to get into the hemp industry from the hemp industry, came into the cannabis industry, found area 420, met Mike and here I am. Excellent. And Mike? Well, I was, I was a little bit older. I was 14. Um, let's see. Some buddies of mine invited me to come down, you know, those like little tunnels that go underneath the, the roads. Those kids. Uh, yeah, they were in there smoking up in one of those hardware store, you know, put together brass pipes. Yeah. Mike. I'm going to need you, Mike, to talk way louder, only because I think the mi- the microphone's actually on Matt's earpiece. So uh, we're picking him up. I'll just nice. be like this. But, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to need Mike. As long as you talk way louder, we'll be able to hear it. But I apologize for the hodgepodgeness of this, boys. But, uh, yeah, we got a little bit of that. Some just hardware store. But if you could, real quick, uh, just way louder, Mike. Sure. Yeah, so I, uh, I started smoking at 14. Um, couple of buddies of mine had invited me down to one of those tunnels, you know, going underneath the, the, the streets. Um, they're out there smoking out of one of those hardware store brass pipes that, you know, the kids were putting together back then. Um, yeah, and I was, shit, I was, I was with it since, since day one. <laughs> hardware, hardware pipes store. I love it, shit. So, yeah, I'll try to That's fix the mixing a little bit in post so we can make it sound a little bit better, but uh, I appreciate it. But uh, moving it right along, um, I guess I want to dive straight into Area 420 and exactly what it is. Um, There's a really cool documentary that's on YouTube. I actually watched it this morning. Uh, It kind of explains the process pretty well. I'll put a link to it in the bottom of this description of this video. So if you're watching this, check it out, guys. But uh, explain how basically a town in southern Colorado, southern, southwestern Colorado, a town called Moffitt, Colorado, which basically had about $100 in their bank account, from what I gather. This is like a ghost, ghost town, farm town, very few population of people. But you guys essentially took this town over, created what we call area, what you guys call Area 420, which is a 420-acre parcel, and you have chopped it up into different um, licensable little parcels and uh, kind of explain what you built better than I can. Sure. Um, you want to switch your plugs? Yeah, there we go. Maybe that's the way to do it. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I mean, this was really, you know, this was never the, the, the major plan. We didn't, you know, I didn't come out here with, you know, plans of, you know, coming in and taking over a town. It was very, very incremental. Um, you know, I think the, the beginning of this, um, you know, it all stems from the fact that I really was banned from the industry. So I got out of prison in 2008, um, just as the industry was, you know, coming out of the shadows. I was able to um, get in for a little while. I was actually managing uh, one of my buddy's stores, Highland Health, um, one of the original stores off of Spear down in Denver. Sure. And then they put the new regulations in banning felons. So that kind of forced me to the underground. Um, I ended up getting a property out in Elbert County. Funny enough, it's the, it's the property that Adam Dunn is now on. Um, and I ended up getting hit there. You know, lucky me. It happened to be a, uh, a grow that was busted the year prior. So the cops were watching. I was like seven plants over my limit. My wife's card had expired by a couple weeks, but you know, given my criminal history, I didn't really have the, I wasn't in the position to really fight it. So ended up taking a two year probation deal. And that really got me frustrated um, to the point where, you know, I was looking for some place that wasn't some crazy conservative anti-cannabis shit. So, you know, I've been hearing about this Valley. In fact, the same buddy of mine that brought me into Highland Health, um, it picked up some property out here. And what really got me going was they, they, you know, he told me, he's like, look, they're, they're trimming weed on Main Street and the cops don't give a shit out here. <laughs> I was like, all right, man, no, let me, let me go fucking drive down there and take a look. So, you know, when I came down this whole valley, the, really back then it was all about Crestone. Um, and I've, I've said it before, man, I mean, I think Crestone's a fucking free range mental institution. It's not the place to do business. It's, it's an awesome town and I'm not talking shit really, but, but it's really not the place to do business. So early on, you know, identified the town of Moffat. We were able to pick up a piece of property here. Um, we did that. We, we, you know, I had a medical 
uh, grow, not even caregiver. We were just, you know, maintaining our plant count. I wasn't playing any games considering all the shit I'd been through. Um, and the, the then mayor of the, of the town came up kind of losing his shit on us about how we can't do commercial cannabis. So I explained to them, you know, this is not commercial cannabis. This is a medical grow, you know, protected by the laws of Colorado. And he asked that I take that paperwork and come into the town meeting. And I just, man, I just kept going to the town meetings. And it, it was a very incremental, you know, back then it was all about getting that, that property commercially zoned. Thankfully, the town um, has a lot of water rights that they were able to somehow uh, keep throughout the years. And yeah, man, it really was the town just was, it, it's been dying for several generations. You know, this was once, it's gone through a couple waves. You know, at one point it was a, it was a booming mountain t- or a mining town. Then that kind of fizzled away and it transitioned into a, a big cattle uh, routing distribution, you know, port. Uh, and then nothing since. So, you know, it's just been kind of, kind of dying off and we saw an opportunity here. You know, we've never, we're really proud of the fact we never, there's never any shady business. You know, we never bribed anybody. There was never any, you know, <laughs> None of that going on. It was just very incremental. Everything we've ever asked for was in the full, you know, view of the of the town and the board and the public. Um, yeah, and I mean, we've been on this. I've, this is my eighth year out here. Um, we started the Area 420 project in started in 2017. The first grows came online in 2017. Um, I was fortunate enough to meet my partner uh, Whitney Justice. She's really She's really, man, the one that, that, that saved this town. You know, nobody had any interest in putting any money into this town prior to this. She kind of saw the vision, um, you know, put her put her future on the line with the capital that she brought in. And yeah, man, here we are. It's just been it's just been constantly growing and you know blossoming into its its own thing now. Let me ask you. I'm just intrigued because. Um... Uh, I kind of glossed over it, but uh, I guess what I'm interested in is uh, in 2011, I, you kind of mentioned that it was Wild West days early on, I guess even before that. So you were a large, according to the documentary I'd watched, you were a large like cannabis black black market guy before any of this shit ever happened. You kind of developed a pretty big business and somehow they pinched you for growing. So that's how you got the eight year deal. And then I, I'm kind of just paraphrasing here or whatever, but um then um, as you got into the, the, the legal dispensary thing started popping up, in 2011, HB 1284 came and they kicked everybody out with a felony. It couldn't even be a part of the business anymore. And then they since amended that to like three years, or they may have amended it even to like two years now. But uh, at one point, you were gone for life, and then you were gone for maybe five years or three years, then it was two years. But I guess what I want to ask you is, is um, what were you feeling, you know, that basically in July of 2021 when this is your life's work, but at some point they're saying you're gone for life. You know what I mean? Like you're Mr. Fallon. I'm sorry. Cause you grew cannabis once before you're not allowed to operate a cannabis business at all. Take us back to July to 2011 and kind of take us into your head state as what the hell you were feeling. I can only imagine insanely frustrated. It, it was a roller coaster ride, man. Like, you know, at, you know, the dichotomy of, of coming out of prison, and, you know, sliding right into a shop and being able to do legally what, you know, I just fucking did eight years in prison for that, that, that was crazy. And then to ride that high to, you know, the doors closed and you're right. Then at first it was, it was forever. Um, then it went to 10 years. Um, and then now finally, I think three years is where they settled it at. Um, I was, man, I was, I was fucking pissed. I was depressed. I was, you know, it, it fucking wrecked me. And just, you know, sit back and see, you know, the, the industry move forward without being able, it was fucking torture. I mean, I don't know how else to put it, man. It was, you know, if you, if you're about this industry and you, this has been your fucking life, like it's torture. Right. So, and, but, you know, looking back though, man, I'm, I, you know, every tragedy has the opportunity for, for something greater. And I don't. I don't regret it now. You know, it kind of forced my hand to be get more creative um, in how to tackle getting into this industry. It, it it led to the development of 420. So, you know, I'm past that sure. feeling now. Um, 
And now I just, I don't want anybody that said though, man, I, you know, it, it was a rough ride and it's not, you know, a lot of proper things. The star had, the stars had to literally fucking align for, for this to be possible. And that, that doesn't always happen. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing everything I can now to make sure that, you know, these guys that have been barred from this shit are, are you know, the first priority. Totally. And that's, you know, what the area 420 is all about. That brings up another obstacle that I saw you guys had to tackle, which I found intriguing was, so you invest in the area 420 or I'm sorry, your, your developer partner. I can't keep, what's her name Whitney. again? Brittany? Whitney. Whitney. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Whitney. Whitney comes in and helps to uh, invest in picking up the 420 acres. Um, you guys have this plan and you go to one of the first town meetings and all of a sudden the County of Moffat is like, we are putting a moratorium on all cannabis businesses. This is right after, you know, she bought the property, everything else. And this is a huge fucking roadblock for most people. This is politics 101 where people just like royally get fucked out of all their money all of a sudden. But you didn't see it as necessarily the obstacle. This kind of shows your savvy, your cleverness. You guys went through, I guess what we call annexation to the town of Moffat. And beyond that, you guys have since taken over Moffat so much that, correct me if I'm wrong, you just changed the name of the city to the town is now called Cush, Cush, Colorado? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, not yet. We, it's, a, okay. it's a proposal that we've introduced. Um, that said, I think, I think we'll be successful. But yes, we, we've just introduced that. Can you um, talk about the annex, annex situation real quick and kind of how you were fucked for one minute? You've yeah. already been fucked before. They kicked you out for life. You're, you're creeping your way back in. You get a piece of land with a nice investor, you know, or developer, and all of a sudden they're like, "Oh, by the way, we're fucking shutting that door on you too." So, like, how did you no, know that, to annex? That was another, that was another defining uh, uh, moment. Yeah, you're right, man. And I'll tell you what, Whitney was fucking pissed at me at that point, man. We thought, <laughs> we thought, are they sunk, sunk our battleship? So it's it's funny, man. What when I was younger, I was in a group home, and we took a trip to DIA, and I rem- <laughs> and I remember the. Uh, the group home lady explaining to us how DIA was annexed into Denver with Pena Boulevard as, as the flagpole annexation. And that just stuck in my head. Um, at the time when we were going through this, I was actually sitting on the town of Moffat board. I'd been there for about a year and, you know, I was really working the politics on the local town level. So when they, and you know, the, the, the County, it wasn't a huge shock. Well, I mean, the moratorium was, but doing business with the County is, has always been, a huge frustration. So when they decided to, you know, close that door, we, we pivoted and we were able to, uh, annex and that, that, and it's the same thing. I'm very grateful for the County for, for doing that because that's really what made this all possible. You know, at the foundation of all of this is having a local municipality that supports us. And that's the biggest piece of advice I give to anybody looking to get into this industry is, make sure the municipality wants to do business with you because sadly, a lot of times they will take the County, for example, they'll go in and out of moratorium in and out of, 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 you know, allowing the businesses in. But even when they are on, they're giving these guys, you know, they make their life a living hell. They want to squeeze them for every dollar they can. They don't want them there. They don't respect them. So, you know, that at, again, at the foundation, that's the town support is everything for this. Sure. And you speak of the resources available. From what I gather, um, you guys have some pretty cool things going on where essentially BK told me that I think you guys are working with the uh, CO2 company that is going to try to basically provide CO2 to all the lots or maybe even free of charge. I'm not sure if that's true or not. Yeah. But that's pretty fun. So we're, that's RWH. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's an alternative energy company. They're a group of um, veterans that have uh, provide power solutions for, you know, remote oil fields and, you know, small towns off grid. Um, so we're working with, with them on a project, but we are reaching out to, you know, we're come one, come all. So I'm speaking with several other solar companies and alternative energy providers as well to, you know, come together and really tackle this whole project. That's pretty fucking cool. I mean, to basically have the power in numbers, um, I think there's a statistic, and I'm, you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, but I heard somewhat 50% or more of the cultivation licenses in all of Colorado are now at Area 420. So you see a lot of people coming mm-hmm. to the to the basically commune, or I don't want to say commune, that's a negative type of commutation, a co-op kind of area that you've built. 
because it's going to provide a lot of the resources for these companies to not only stay alive, but to produce, you know, when you talk about power bills, CO2 bills getting squeezed by local municipalities and how hard it is to do business and almost everywhere in Colorado, you develop an area where there's no building codes, you got free CO2, you're working with alternative energy solutions for, you know, off grids slash zero emissions slash they're going to provide a shit ton of power. Uh, I was a little confused on the documentary as far as that, what the, what their role is, because they mentioned huge numbers. Like they want to come into the valley with five hundred million dollar investment into the power facilities and upgrades, and another two hundred million for kind of area four twenty or something like that. Can you explain how um, they're helping you develop, or what's coming with this huge, huge mer not merger, but huge uh, partnership? Sure. Sure. So, so the proposal isn't just for Area 420. You know, this whole valley, there's, there's no natural gas out here. So the entire valley is running off of propane. So this would be the opportunity to bring natural gas and for everybody in the entire valley to convert over. Um, so a big portion of that is, that is picking up in, in the transport off of the natural gas line that they're looking at down into Mexico. So it's a bigger play. I think, you know, the way I like to put it is, the Area 420 project is just putting the icing on the cake for, for these investors to come out. They're already looking at, you know, the valley. Um, but I think this just is, it gives them a large power consumer to justify the investment to kick it off. Mm -hmm. When you started, did you envision like 50% of the licenses would be at this, this Area well, 420? Yeah, sorry, let me clarify that. So, so it's not 50, yeah. I, I think we're coming up on around 10% of, oh, the, of the licenses <laughs> in the state. Yeah. Okay. My bad. I would say new licenses. I'd say we're probably that or more. I mean, there's just not that many places, you know, left in Colorado that are get not a under a moratorium. Yeah, exactly. To get a license. So how does it work? Yeah. The majority of new ones. Are here. If one is interested, like how does it work? If I, you know, wanted to come out and get a piece of land, um, is it by the acre, by the lot? Like how did you sort of develop it? I've seen pictures of it. It looks like a cool little thing you have going on, but, uh, Sort of explain how you sell them or what uh, what the program is. Sure. So we, we subdivided all of these lots into one acre parcels. Um, you know, guys, I think the average from one acre up to, I think we have a couple five and six acre lots. Um, you know, the guys have just consolidated for bigger operations. Um, at this point, we have two op options. So until um, our power is sorted out, for our phase, what we're calling our phase two operations. We're doing um, lots with, with no power. Guys are bringing in um, their own solar kits and doing seasonal operations. we got a handful of guys out there doing that right now. And then I think I'm down to like, I think we only have like three lots left on, on phase one um, over here by the train cars. We just subdivided some of the land here for that. Um, and then those we're doing for, uh, we finance them in-house. So it's $50,000 down. Um, we do 8% interest only payments for up to five years. We try to set it up to where, you know, you can get a harvest or you know, two under your belt before you clear it out. Most, most guys do within the first or second year. Um, and for the full power lots, it's 250K. Um, the local licenses are already approved. So that's really, I think the biggest, I think that's the biggest reason guys come down here you know, the, we've kind of turned this shit on its head. The, the state at this point is just a formality. Um, most guys, if they're on it, they're getting their license within 60 to 90 days. That's yeah, That's um, unheard of in yeah. the industry. To and yeah, it's off the races. That quick. Yeah. And that's with like modification permits and stuff like that. They don't necessarily have building codes down there. So, yeah, they don't. They don't have to do it. Yeah, you just submit your original design and run. And then there's the biggest thing hands down is there's irrigation water um, to each property. So we were able to strike a deal. We have our own private water right, but we were able, also able to strike a deal with the town of Moffitt um, to redrill one of their municipal wells. And that's what's currently providing uh, the water supply. That's cool for the town as well. So water's everything out here. You know, that's, that, that was, that was for the town. Yeah. But there's, there's a handful of townspeople that are on that well also. And that's really the big thing we're tackling with the town right now. You know, like I said earlier, somehow this town was able to retain their water rights. This town has more water rights than towns a thousand times their size. 
Um, somehow, you know, in the early 80s, they, you know, the government came through and bought. I really think they just drove through this town and didn't fucking realize it was here. But the town has more water than they could ever fucking put to use. So, you know, that's what another thing that really made this possible. And municipal water rights are the most solid water right there is. Um, that was the biggest problem. You know, most of the growers in this valley, they do not have water rights. So they're, they're hauling in. And, you know, that shit just doesn't make any sense. What farm hauls water to their property? So they're very limited in their, you know, expansion and, and production. Makes makes it difficult. You guys have done some pretty cool shit as far as, well, as, far as I'm concerned. It's kind of so I have BK here. But uh, you guys donated a piece of property to... The Cornbread Mafia. I think you gave one to Adam Dunn as well, but you gave one to the Cornbread Mafia, and uh, BK Rollers kind of representing that uh, that faction on this deal or whatever. But you guys just handed them the land, basically out of I don't know what, what you call it respect to the to the OGs of the business. So um, you were just like, take this. Definitely. But, uh, well, yeah. Tell us why. Why did you do that? Why did you well, hook them up? Well, honestly, man, it was a it was a combination of yeah, you know, I, I always I always wanted you know, give it back to the community. But I was so fucking frustrated and pissed off watching that episode. And yeah, shout out to BK for, for stepping up and chiming in on that, man. I was watching that whole shit play out. And I, I called Adam up. I was like, man, fuck this. Let's get these guys out here. So it was really spur of the moment. You know, I didn't give much thought to it. And I think that's the way, you know, it's supposed to be when you do shit like that. Don't, don't think it through. Don't overthink it. Just go. I say, I turned to BK like, hey. Had I mean, I kind of put you on the spot with a weird question, but what's it like to be given a piece of land to somehow figure out how to operate on? I mean, you obviously don't have a pile of money, but that's what the beauty of the Area 420 is all about. It's like, okay, here's a piece of land. The local licensing is pretty much already done. You just got to figure out a way to build a structure or open plant or what uh, obviously you had to consult with the boys back in Kentucky. For sure. But uh, what uh, what is the plan for the property and what do you got cooking? Well, the plan was to hit the ground running, uh, and then fucking COVID, like, it made it not any, it made no financial sense to try to build during COVID when prices tripled, um, you know, and then they just kept going up and then they went down for a little while. And then I don't know what caused If you could even get anything. Yeah. Exactly. And then this last, uh, you know, spike has been like 10 times the price. And, you know, thankfully it, now it appears that it's starting to come back down. So, um, you know, that's been the biggest hurdle with trying to plan uh, for that was just there was there was no way to, you know, essentially even write an accurate business plan with not knowing if you're materials are going to even be available and are you going to pay 10 times are you going to pay five times are you going to pay you know what what's going to be the market price at that point um but how did it you know how did it feel to get something like that um really really just i couldn't believe it at first um i was really you know i was a super appreciative number one i was blown away um, I was super standoffish because can't I can't trust nobody in this business sometimes. Yeah. You know I mean? So I was like, what's the hook? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, what the fuck I'm is like, the hook? You know, what, uh, what, you know, what's, what's the angle? But honestly, I've known Mike long enough now to know that he's solid as hell and there is no hook. There was no angle. That was, you know, true homage to, you know, my crew, um, and it, we've, we've never experienced anything like that before. Uh, and I doubt we will again, but um, it's definitely uh, changed um, the direction of, of cornbread coming into the, the legal multi-state market. Um, you know, we already have the hemp farm back home, um, but... Uh, when cannabis opens there, you know, it, it, we're definitely going to be operating there. Uh, it's beautiful to grow uh, this plant in that state. Just the the plant loves it. That's the, the real reason it's the bluegrass state. <laughs> so you're just on, like, the slow burn to bring it out the right way 
you know what I mean? But yeah. I guess what I also want to ask, I guess uh, Mike is um, and Matt, I, but uh, you, you talk about some of the resources or BK, you can chime in, but there was some financing available for capital. You have partnerships with greenhouses. You like everybody. The cool thing about this is everybody on the property or in the area has been through this shit right before you. See what yeah. I mean? It's like they already know what the, the what you need or how deep you need to dig or whatever. You know what I mean? So it's like there's a lot of communal help there, and I imagine that there's probably anything you need. These guys are all kind of willing to help. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's financing available for stuff. I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, what? Mike, Mike's been on point with, with having it there, um, and it, it's always been available. It's just, you know, when it's smart to pull the trigger, and trust me, I'm I'm really itching at this point. But uh, I, I, you know, we've been talking more and more um, because it's becoming more feasible as far as you know building prices. Sure. So just so I understand this in the chat and everybody else listening. We had a listener hear a previous episode about Cornbread Mafia, and then they donated piece of land to you. No, there was um, an episode where they got the the author of the Cornbread Mafia <laughs> book on the Adam Dunn show. Yeah, and uh, BK yeah, Roller couldn't hold his tongue, so he called in and said, "This dude is fraud." And uh, doesn't have anything affiliation with the cornbread mafia blah blah let me can speak to it if he wants but uh mike was saying he was so influenced by that that he's turned around and said okay. let's give these dudes a piece of land because they sat in jail forever got fucked over have books written about them not getting royalties on any of that yeah. and uh it was, a, it was a bit of fuckery as we have seen in cannabis time and time again but i got to give kudos to mike for kind of seeing that stepping up and say hey we can write this wrong and you know give these guys a space to operate out of and like you say, in, in the right, in the perfect circumstance, you could be to market in 90 days sometimes in, in this in this setup. So that's pretty fucking amazing. It's pretty fucking awesome. Yeah, my, my hope, man, was that was that this could be, you know, a place card holder until, you know, they do get their shit together out there. And then, you know, you can seamlessly transition back, you know, get the genetics going and, yeah, just hold it down. Yeah, I mean, it's two brands and two companies that, you know, we want to have here. We want to, you know, be a part of this community. I think it's it's a win-win for the both of us, for Area 420 and for Cornbread, as well as um, Adam's brands that he's working with, THC, Sage Master Select, etc. So is everything so. in Area 420 metric? Yep. Okay. Yep. They're all licensed yeah. operations. Does each parcel need its own license from the city and state? So you have to pay those licenses yes. fees over. Like one license doesn't cover the whole thing, does it? No, unfortunately, no. You know, and that's really the whole the whole premise of this, or what this has really evolved into. You know, I think you know to summarize it is this is our this is our collective attempt at you know coming together and like, like I say in the documentary, forming like Voltron to compete against this big corporate cannabis shit. You know, there's so much fucking money coming in, and if and when they you know what or when. Uh, you know, federal legalization drops, it's going to get even crazier. So, you know, the same efficiencies that, that they're fighting us with are the same strategies that, you know, we're utilizing. You know, we just did a, a, a structure where we brought in um, a compliance company, this gentleman by the name of Colin Mudd, you know, and he's one of us, you know, he transitioned from, from trapping back in the day too. And he's found his, his niche in his lane in the compliance world. Um, I believe he's actually working with the city of, of Denver at one point um, for, for their, you know, Denver city compliance. So we, I, I, I was introduced to him at the social equity meeting that the uh, state had put on, I think it was about a year ago. And I introduced, or I, I invited him to come to the town. And we've since, he and the town have since enter, entered into a contract where he provides third party compliance for the town and the applicants, and this is all funded through our, the, the renewal fees and the licensing fees that, that we're already paying, you know, $2,500 of every license is remitted to the town from the state. We also have our own $500 fee. I believe that's where we left it, it's 500. Basically what the town is doing is what the town should do. They're taking the licensing fees that they're generating from this industry, and they're utilizing that to help strengthen and maintain that industry and then their prize is the excise tax. 
And that's another benefit we have here. We have the lowest excise tax in the state. We're actually looking at reducing it to uh, 1.5 possibly in the, the next election. And the spirit of it being that we would always maintain the lowest excise tax and, you know, instead go, go, go on the volume route, which is still, a, you know, more money than this town's ever fucking seen, even, even on, on that rate. So, but, but back to my point of Canope, sorry. Um, you know, by, by bringing him in as a third party compliance, that really gives our guys, you know, the, the ability to maintain, just first of all, understand what's coming down the pike um, and maintain compliance without having to each of us having to have our own damn compliance person. Right. Um, so, you know, efficiencies and shit like that, this is what the big corporate guys are doing. They'll have 20 stores, 10 grows, you know, and they got a guy running, you know, the, 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 the whole ship. So purchasing power, um, you know, sales, um, which is something we're really getting into, um, this year, that's my main, you know, mission and focus. Uh, is to start tying together all of this product we have out here into a nice centralized distribution um, channel, and you know we have some of the, the some of the first social equity stores are coming online. Um, shout out to Green Remedy in Denver; they're coming online in August. Um, gentleman uh, by the name of Curtis just finally got one of the first licenses. Um, he's got a banging spot, man. It's Quebec and Leedsdale. He owns a liquor store right next to it. Plenty of parking. Solid dude. Solid dude, man. So, so he reached out. He's like, look, you know, I just got this license. Um, I've been in the, you know, liquor and real estate. My son talked me into, you know, getting into cannabis. I don't really know who to trust. Came across, um, you know, some of your videos. You know, we want to work with social equity. So we invited him out here. And it, it, this wasn't even a sales pitch, man. I mean, the guy offered it right away. We, we were able to take him to some of the farms, kind of share with him the vision and, you know, what we're going towards here. And he came back with us with, look, man, you guys got everything I need. So we've since, you know, done an exclusive contract. Nothing but Area 420, Flower and Concentrate uh, will, be on, will be on his shelf. So, and we're doing the same thing here. We're, we're, we're starting up a, a, a store. We're, we're turning one of our train cars into a, we had this cool double-decker train car. It's going to be the store. We got the approval for the consumption lounge, which is a another train car, dining car, nice. um, right next to it. And we're opening that up to everybody in the complex. So, you know, with the thing being, you, it's a one-stop shop. You're shopping from, you know, we'll, we'll inevitably be over 100 different independent mom-and-pop-operated farms. That's we have enough time. We could give you a little quick little virtual tour or whatever. Um, yeah, I think we might do that at the very end if, if we can. Um, that's, was, I guess, my last question yeah. that I'll have for you. I'll ask the boys with everything else. But um, how has, like, the town of Moffat changed? Is there, I, we see it might be called Cush in the future, but with kind of this influx of money, possibly tourism, is there going to be tours at Area 420? You're obviously going to have um, stores. But you kind of created a Napa Wine Valley situation in the in southern southwestern Colorado, where it's like you might have some hotels crop up, some bed and breakfast. You got a consumption lounge out there. People can do some tours. Like, what's the plan? Well, and that's you know, first of all, the the, the reason behind the name Kush, um, you know, isn't just to be cute or gimmicky. I've I've been saying since I came to this project that this is the Kush region of the United States. You know, if you watch the old strain hunter videos when they're in, you know, hunting for the, the, in that Hindu Kush region, and it looks like you're walking around out here. So that got me to start digging a little deeper. Um, and it, man, it's the same humidity, same day night temperatures. And, you know, that's the variety that we're, that we specialize in because that's what grows in this environment. I mean, that's mainly true of Colorado as a whole, but you know, the, the point of this is to help establish, uh, not just this town, but, but this valley as the, you know, the, the Kush region or, or world-renowned um, cannabis-producing region in the United States, similar to Napa Valley, um, you know, in the wine industry. The next thing I've been really digging into is, is going after the Appalachian and Terroir designation, you know, like they do in wine. And I think that's really going into the future the best way to protect, you know, these, these – uh, non-corporate you know mom and pop farms sure because you know it does that's, give you that's what we are we're all independent owner operators out here small mom and pops there's some big companies that are out there operating 
Um, but they're solid dudes. I mean, they're down here grinding just like the rest of the community. Shout out standing Akimbo. Yeah, they have an operation down here. And they're big, but they're, you know, far from corporate. Those guys are, you know, they're doing it right. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, yeah but having that resource, you know, being in a place where it's not – I mean, there are people here that do kind of keep to themselves, and that's totally cool. But there is a community here, and we want people to know that. And I think people do recognize, and they do know that. I mean, at any point in time, if we were to have a disaster, which we have had out here many times now, um, just out of the blue, um, I could pull probably 10 people that are right next to me to come help pull greenhouse plastic. You don't have to ask, man. No, you they just start. Just, they would pull yeah. right up and be like, yo, man, what do you need? You need a hand. Like, I don't know. It's just, there's a sense of culture here and that there's a, that you, you can't really put a price on. And um, it's, it's one of those selling points when people come here and then I'm able to kind of, Mike's able to kind of give them a tour of what's going on here and what the vision is and, and how we see this. I think after they take it all in and they kind of, everyone kind of realizes that, hey, this, this, this could happen. You know, this could, this could really happen. And I think there's enough people here and enough support here um, that we could potentially push this thing through. So. And that, you know, that's the, the, the main push. For Kush, <laughs> push, push. is <laughs> is, is you know shirt. we are defining. Uh, there's another shirt. Is we're, you know we're, I feel like we're defining a new culture here. You know this is the first time that that you know you guys know this industry, man. Unfortunately, most guys don't speak to each other. Everybody's kind of doing their own thing, um, and they you know they kind of carry that over from from you know the trapping days and the underground I'm surfacing. Yeah, but this is something really different. Like we're, you know, we're out there. These are all legal grows. We're not concerned. You know, we've traded one set of headaches for for a whole new set of headaches. But <laughs> you know, hiding in the shadows is not one of them. So, and that that really does shape a new uh, and define an, a new culture. So, and the vast majority of people are living right outside, just right outside of the operational zone. Um, just, just watching, watching the crew like a newborn child. You, you guys know how it is. It's like you, you can't really leave. You gotta have somebody there, and if you don't have the staff, or you may have internal conflict, or etc. going on, somebody's got to be there to watch the garden. Well, well, that's a good point. All of these properties are dual zoned, yeah. So you can live and work. So what a lot of guys are doing is they'll cut off, um, you know, a portion of the property. You do have to separate it by fence. And they're either bringing out campers or building tiny homes or prefab homes, um, and that's their residence. That's you know as well. Amazing. So they live and work. So that's like the American. And dream. the benefit of this, well, yeah, and the, the, the benefit of this is is every time we sell a lot, and I really encourage this uh, that people set up out here because they then become voting members of the town, and that's where you know this whole name change. Um, you know, starts to become a reality. We we simply are the voting majority now. And we didn't, you, you know, control the vote take over town. the town in a sleazy way. We yeah, just, yeah. exactly, yeah, <laughs> by vote, by democratic vote, you know, the American way. Yeah, um, I mean, still, still going about it with a good moral and an ethical standpoint, you know. I mean, like Mike was saying earlier, we're not trying to cut no corners. We're not trying to do nothing corrupt. We're trying to do the right thing. And I think everybody at the end of the day, um, wants a better town, wants a better community, and that's what we're trying to push for. So. No, man, the politics around the world are fucking nuts right now. I, I would put, the, you know, the situation that this town is in against any of these corrupt politicians from small town all the way up to fucking Congress. I mean, here's a little town that has zero debts, right? They have no liabilities. They're in no litigation. Um, they have hundreds of thousands of dollars in the bank, um, you know, really none of this cannabis excise taxes has been deployed yet. Like I said, we're, we're, we're first earmarking that to go through and redrill all of the town wells and save, first of all, save the town's water rights, right? That's the most important thing. Um, but I think with this whole, you know, rebranding to Kush, um, I'm actually going to be introducing a proposal at tonight's meeting that um, the town uh, sits down on, you know, a couple designs and starts selling Kush Colorado shirts to raise the capital for the name change and shit, man, I think that alone is going to bring in more money than this town has seen, you know, in a I while. Think, off of when any you started, the, the town had a hundred dollars in the bank account. So I imagine sell four shirts, yeah, sell a couple shirts. Yeah. And you've already fucking supersede their budget for when you started. But, uh, right. 
Yeah, you guys. Yeah, any, I mean, the majority of the income for the town now is excise. Boys, you got anything? So, uh, has Area Four Twenty grown faster than Moffat? Oh, like, I mean, well, yeah, but that's yeah. not even a challenge. I mean, they, only because they haven't grown at all. I mean, there's the town has two dispensaries, a Dollar General, a coffee shop, and Area Four Twenty. I mean, that's that's it. And the Dollar General, I mean, that was that was a game changer for us. That it's one of the you know the top grossing Dollar Generals in the state. So, you know, they they kind of prove the point that it's not just weed that would do well here. You know, you got the great sand dunes. So you have nearly a million people uh, driving in tourism, and you know, there's not outside of that. There's there's not much going on. It's an old you know ranching agriculture valley. Yeah, I think there, uh, there's opportunity though. Uh, there is opportunity here. I mean, and, and we should embrace, you know, this goes for some of the local people in the Valley folk that are listening to this, kind of embrace this culture that's here right now and uh, work together on some type of, you know, mutual ground. And um, I think we're, we're all going to get ahead that way. Whether you're in the cannabis industry out here or you're in other business, I think we can all help one another. And I think um, that can go across the entire state for that matter. But Sounds like a beautiful right place. Right now, times are, are a little. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're trying. I mean, it's just a little tense right now. It's you know politics, and you know you're you're bringing some some new stuff that people aren't used to or don't want to be a part of or don't want to accept and continue to. We've ruffled. And all that, but, we've we've uh, ruffled a lot of feathers with this name change. A lot of the old guard is uh, not pleased with this, but you know the the. At the end of the day, the majority of them don't live in the town, so they don't really have a boat. So you know, they're just uh, grumpy old. They're man just running around it. upset. Right, grumpy it. old man. You know, well, you know, this is really what led to the to the the, the valley in its current state. You know, we have right. it's it's people like this that don't. I always put it like this: they don't want you to move a rock across the road. They yeah, want everything to stay the it's same. Basically, a one-way street. You know, there's no there's no middle ground or working anything out we gotta, we're going to have to figure something out here because there's, I mean, we've got a pretty big community here and we want to be a part of the community that's here as well in Moffitt and the surrounding area. We'd like to kind of establish relationships versus, you know, distancing, and, you know, stuff sure. like that, dividing, if you will. Well, thankfully, this, you know, Moffitt is a statutory town, so we really don't have much to do with the county. You know, we have, the, the town has the right to set their own policies um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's really, and really that's another part of this, man. Like, I think something like this can really only be done on a town level. As soon as you go to a county level and you're dealing with planning commissions and county commissioners, it's, right. you know, it just becomes so corrupt and fucking crazy. This none how of this would, shit's possible. How have the police been as far as the, do the county cops like hate you, but obviously the, the town sheriff and office no. cool or like, how's that sort of work? They're pretty, yeah, the county, the county of, cops are pretty cool with us. Yeah. We have a pretty good relationship with them. We've always been, you know, willing to work with them. The first thing I did when I came to this valley was I, you know, I, I invited the sheriff over to my house and I explained to him, you know, what, what I was doing here. And we've always had a great rapport with, uh, uh, Dan Warwick, he's, yeah, no, no problems on yeah, their man. end. Th th that said though, they don't really, if we call them into the town for any service, we have to pay $250. So that's actually going to be getting us into the next thing that, that, uh, we'll be transitioning to the town has the right to have its own police chief. So once we, you know, officially go Cush, Colorado, that's something we'll be exploring. There'll be oh, it's, guys exactly. police chief. This is going to be a crazy town. This is going to be an amazing town. <laughs> I know BK has put. I think BK has dibs on that position, so yeah. we'll see. <laughs> Can you imagine if we make BK Roller the commissioner of fucking Cush, Colorado? Please chief. Uh, Somebody's got to be enforcer. Somebody's yeah. got to be enforcer. It's got to be a chief of police, a gold pot shave, chief, uh, yeah, pot leaf, chief, chief of oh, police. Yeah. Chiefer of police, yes. Chiefer of the police. We're playing by the rules out here, so you know, and we're not trying to do anything shady behind the scenes. And if there are people doing stuff shady behind the scenes, eventually, they, they, word gets out. Loose lips sink ships, right? So within their organization, their their company, whatever the case may be. But for the most part, everybody out here is doing the right thing. 
And I think with any industry, you're going to have a couple rotten apples here or there. But yeah. overall, we're all kind of on the same page. Like, let's play by the rules. We've come this far. Why, why go back now? You know right. what I mean? I think that's been the most shocking thing to me, man, is, yeah, we really have had a good go at, uh, you know, this community thing. This, uh, the guys really do work together. We haven't had anywhere near the amount of drama or problems that you would think, you know, a project like this would it would bring. You know, we're able to work it out amongst, amongst each other, too. You know, we kind of police our own. Uh, yeah. We're marching in the same direction, you know, and we got – there's enough, you know, enemies externally for us to – you know, put our efforts into that, you know, it just doesn't make any sense. So, you know, it, the community just keeps getting stronger as time goes on. I think that's been the, the you know, the best part about this. Oh, yeah. I think we've kind of reached our time limit here on this one, but I'm, I'm, I was thoroughly like stunned at the documentary. I, I knew what was happening, but I didn't really understand the scope of it and the difficulties that you went through. And like I say, um, I'm really happy you guys came on the program. I recommend everyone watch that documentary and keep updated. If people want to oh, find okay. you guys, we have the Colorado Air Colorado Area 420 Instagram on the, on the screen at all times. But uh, where can people find you guys that have interest in getting a property? I mean, this is American dream. You can go out to these guys, buy a plot of land, put your little house on it, and stare at your weed backyard every day, and you know, and live in the town of Cush legally. Be homies oh. with the police commissioner. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yes. If they're interested, how do they how do they contact you guys? Um, they can go to our website, ColoradoArea420.com. Uh, I think all the contact info's there. Or yeah, Strap manages the uh, yeah, Instagram, ColoradoArea420 on Instagram. If you've got Facebook, just Area420. Look for the logo and then uh, give us a like on that. Um, or yeah, you can check us out on the uh, website, like Mike said earlier. Um, hey man, big big shout out to Dark Horse Genetics for letting us come onto your platform and uh, speak today. We appreciate you, man. And um, hopefully you can make a trip out this way and uh, check it out soon. And uh, we'll burn a couple and uh, talk cannabis. I'm definitely coming out, dude. I'm definitely coming out. I'm honored to have you guys on. So once again, thank you very much for coming on. Thanks, boys. Yeah, we appreciate you, man. There's the boys, um, Matt, yeah, Mike and Matt from uh, Area 420. Like I say, they built something pretty fucking cool down there. That, to me, is a true Dark Horse story, and I love Dark Horse stories, obviously. Pun intended. But, uh, yeah, like these guys, you know, like I say, Mike went from trapping, being arrested, working in a shop, being kicked out, battling his way back, buying a piece of land, being told you can't do it, then fucking annexing into the town, making every member of the land a member of the town, taking over the board, you know, the right way of the town, and now they kind of control the town. They're going to call it Kush. Fuck, maybe BK Roller will be Kamish. And, uh, yeah, or chief of police, chiefer of police. But I just, that's a crazy, you know, only in America weird story. But, yeah, it went from a small thing to now there's huge, huge money that's kind of looking at coming in and building an infrastructure. You're talking... Over seven hundred million dollars in development for the power region of the facility, or of the of, uh, development of the region. So uh, yeah, that's not all for the facility, but for the region, that's fucking huge. But with that said, um, we got to get out of here. We'll see you guys next week. Um, I want to remind everybody real fast: get your raffle tickets. If you didn't see it on the start of the show, get your raffle tickets. We'll be back July fourth at four twenty, just for a brief raffle show. But um, the next one after this is the 100, and 100 is going to be a banger. So, uh, yeah, before we get out of here, Caesar, you got anything you want to say? I'll put you on. Got the clone drop July 9th going on at Higher Grade, Colorado, 1269 Alati Street. <clears throat> got a couple different strains to choose from. I don't have the list pulled up on me right now, but if anything, uh, let's see. As I'm talking, I'll uh, mention it. But there's, uh, I guess we wanted to mention the strain of the week as well. Don't really have much time for that, though. Yeah, we'll skip it. We'll yeah, do it next week. We'll do it next week. But if anything, yeah, definitely uh, make sure you check out the clone drop, which is going to be happening pretty soon. I'll have, uh, let's see, it's not loading fast enough. Okay. I have Gary Payton, Drago, Kitchen Sink number three. I guess uh, something just got flagged because... Uh, it, I don't. This is ridiculous. Your Instagram. <laughs> Something just got flagged, and I just had to cancel it. Uh, oh. Kitchen sink number three. East Coast sour D. Uh, Chem four. What else? Hurry up! Hurry up! 
wedding cake and Y.E. Jelly, which is the Gelato 33 to the Don Mega and Je- Jet Fuel Gelato S1 number two, the one that I said smelled like a teriyaki soy sauce kind of OG. There you go. Stupid Fire Cuts available when and where? July 9th, High Grade Colorado, 1269, Elijah Street, Denver, Colorado. There you go. We're out of here. Enjoy the soulful sounds of Stone Ninja. Catch you July 4th at 420 for the raffle. And uh, the next episode, 100, going to be a banger. Peace, everybody. Little boy with gay fish come sit on my shoulder today. Little gay parrot fish sit on my shoulder today and make me a fried shrimpy dish with some soy sauce, baby. As the beat drops, super super fries. Super fried egg roll, triple fried fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Two for one egg roll, super triple fried rice, triple fried rice, baby. Don't forget the soy sauce, chan chan chan. There's my gay fish song, dudes. What? <laughs>